I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One is Mark and John's the co-host. They're alive. They are not go. Hello! Welcome to Two Old Queens. I'm John Flynn. I'm Mark Rennie. Mark, I'm so excited for our guest this week. Please let everyone know who is joining us. She's a writer on Infinity Train and a co-host of the podcast Teen Creeps. It's Lindsay K. Ty. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very we are, excited. We're in the middle of five cold screams. This is you're our fourth cold scream. It's our month <laughs> of horror movies. <laughs> now I know your podcast is all about young adult horror, too, I would say. Is that yes. a fair? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think this? I was thinking about this when I was a kid. Like I read like Lois Duncan, like Killing Mrs. Tingle. To me, that is scared. Was I remember being more scared by that book, having more anxiety by that book than any book I've ever read since. We cover Lois Duncan Do books. You... Um, yeah, her book was called Killing Mr. Griffin, Ooh. and it sort of turned into Killing Mrs. Tingle. I think I see. I get them mixed up. Yeah, and so it got um, it got like re written i'm not sure if it's actually based on killing mr griffin but i know that they were in fact supposed to kill mrs tingle and then it didn't happen sorry i ruined that 25 year old movie how dare you i'm sorry but do you think there is like have do you find like young like do you ever find yourself genuinely scared by these books there are some that are that are genuine genuinely creepy and it depends on whether or not they're good at writing a character because if the characters are just flimsy nothing two-dimensional people then it's not scary at all and usually it's not scary (laughs) (laughs) is it because you just don't care what happens to these people exactly that's actually exactly it i'm like i don't know it's one of the white dudes who has no personality it's one of the mean girls who has no other personality um 
we just read one called The Boy Next Door. And it was about a girl who just like a boy just says he moved in next door to her. And his whole scary thing is that he is pushing her to play pranks. And so she goes to school and she's like, I put a tarantula in my teacher's <laughs> desk. No. And her friend Alice is like, you've really changed. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know who, who are you? you are anymore. <laughs> So the stakes are really high. Really high. Wow. And he's like, you have to cut the brakes on this girl's bike. And she's like, well, I, best, I, I guess I better do it. Otherwise, he might murder her. And it's like, well, did he say that he would murder her if you didn't do it? And she's like, I'm just assuming. <laughs> For some reason wow. to me, like when something generally upsetting happens in like these like teen or kid books, it's more upsetting than when it happens in like an adult book because like it's much more unexpected like i've seen like one of the most terrifying murder scenes was in like a made for tv movie i saw and it's because of like what they couldn't show that made it so much more upsetting to me because then your mind is filling in the blanks yeah i don't know something like when it's like cleaner and less gory and less deep i don't know there's something about it like being in like something supposedly kid-friendly that makes it more upsetting you know like the horse drowning in like never-ending story or something like that yeah. Well, either That's you're true. young and impressionable or you're <laughs> thinking about the young and impressionable and you're like, God, children are watching this? Should they be? And then all of a sudden you turn turn into the church lady from from The Simpsons. <laughs> like, what is appropriate anymore? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mrs. Lovejoy. You know, speaking of children, we're talking about a movie that has something to do with reproduction. I would say that That's is safe true. to say. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about The Brood. John, tell us, what's the deal with The Brood? Mark, I'm so happy you asked. Let me tell you the deal with The Brood. It was written and directed by David Cronenberg, and its plot follows a man and his mentally ill ex-wife who has been sequestered by a psychologist known for his controversial therapy techniques. But when their daughter comes back from a visit with her mother covered with bruises and welts, and the wife's mother and father are attacked by strangely deformed children, the husband begins to suspect a connection between the brutal murders and the psychologist's methods. It stars Oliver Reed, Samantha Eggers, and Art Hindle, and it was the first movie to be scored with by uh, Howard Shore. It was released in the spring of 1979 and it grossed over $5 million and a budget of $1.5 million. And although it initially received mixed reviews from critics, it has established itself as a cult film in the following decades. And it, with the whole movie was written in the aftermath of the divorce from his wife, and Cronenberg has said, the Brood is my version of Kramer versus Kramer, but more realistic. And that is the deal with The Brood. So Lindsay, we asked you to pick a movie. Why mm -hmm. The Brood? I had never seen it. It popped up um, when I was going through the uh, uh, like Turner Classic Movies. Sure. Um, the like Cultivated on channel on HBO Max right, now. Right. And I was like... A, I'm interested in the title, sure. and then it. I looked at the plot, and I, and if it's Kramer versus Kramer as a horror, that just sounded fun. And the trailer, and we're talking about like it's almost more disturbing if you don't see it. I think that very much applied <laughs> in this one. <laughs> so it was like as soon as I saw the actual children, I was like, mm, I don't know. I feel like you could have fought them. Yeah. So would you say, were you glad you watched it? Like going in blind, did you uh, feel like your time was rewarded? 
In the end, yes. For a long time, I was just like, okay, all I'm getting out of this is that David Cronenberg like really hates his ex-wife <laughs> like, so yes. much. A hundred percent. Oh yes. my God. And and I was like, I don't know. I thought with David Cronenberg, it was just going to be crazier than this. Like, where's mm. the body horror? And then the body horror <laughs> is very much revealed. Yep. I was like, yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Cron? Have you seen many other like Cronenberg movies? Not many. I saw. Did he do Hellraiser? No. No. Oh, okay. He did The Fly, Existence. I've seen The Fly freaks me out. Yes. As a child. As it should. Yeah. But I think. Well done. Dead Ringers. I just knew he was a body horror guy. He's the body horror guy. And it? and I saw Hellraiser. And I was like, <laughs> Again, well, that's, nothing to do that's, with that's, him. No, I'm yeah. just saying that was my introduction to body sure. horror besides I the see. fly. I see. So I was like, I'd like to get more into this. So sure. I'll do it. I'll choose Cronenberg. Fabulous. Perfect. John, what was your uh what, what was your background history with, with the, the brood. brood? Yeah, what's your I brood had history? Never seen it before, hadn't really heard of it. And then when I saw the little thumbnail that had that picture of Samantha Egger looking like like the like a perfect 70s like Disco you know diva. horror movie diva, I was very excited. So excited to see this movie. I thought it was delightful. Um surprised that I hadn't heard about it, especially like her performance in it. Like it's so like it's such like a camp masterpiece. I'm surprised it doesn't get discussed more like when you talk about like Piper Laurie and Carrie or stuff like that. Like it was so good. Um, so I thought this was, I was, I delighted in this movie. How about you, Mark? What is your history with The Brood? Um, I had seen it before, but it had been a few years. Um, I do think it is a bit of a slow burn, but I feel like it absolutely yes. pays off in like the last 15 minutes or just some of the wildest imagery you've ever seen. Um, mm -hmm. I do think it does like overall suffer from like, I want to know more of like the woman's point of view. And we're all seeing it through the prism of her like yes. ex-husband yeah. ex and uh, new boyfriend. Svengali essentially and I feel like she's the most fascinating part of it and like she's barely in the movie so I feel like yeah. that's really hurts the film but I do think overall it's kind of a you will not be bored by the end like I think horror is one of those genres where you can get away with like 75 minutes of boredom if those last 15 minutes really pay off to if me, you that stick makes the ending on a horror it. movie you really want that yes yeah also I wasn't bored at all I was just like right so I know that this <laughs> really has to go off the rails when is that happening and i i mean you're getting a little creature in a snowsuit beating mm -hmm. a like socialite drinking grandma to death with a meat mallet yeah. Um, yeah that's pretty good who came in through the refrigerator or was, was it the dumbwaiter the cupboard because there was milk in it though yeah there my two boyfriend was like is, did there used to be like a milk delivery cupboard? <laughs> Look, it's Canadian architecture. <laughs> Who knows what's know happening what up there? there. <laughs> Everything. Is, do you ever say. like watch like a Property Brothers and you're like, something is off about this. You're like, oh, it's Canadian. That's what it is. <laughs> like, there's they need little, to have a milk door. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. There's always a little bit of unreality to whenever you see like a purely Canadian thing. It's like, oh, this feels just off, a little skewed. Like they call Kraft Mac and Cheese Kraft Dinner. What the hell is this? Huh? 
I saw that in a Degrassi once. They were calling uh. out craft dinner. <laughs> anyway, Lindsay, as you may or may not know, we are looking for the gayest movies ever. And we have a very complex and Byzantine scoring system with which to judge the movie. So we're going to go through a bunch of categories and we're all going to give it a score in that category. Awesome. And at uh, a certain point, you are going to add a category which will be added, added to the, to the wheel. wheel. But you'll see, though. So it's a category that we could use on this movie and every other movie following to judge how gay it is. Wow. That, All right. So let me so recap. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be great. So this is our, I'm just going to, since we're in the middle of five cold screams, this is our current top five horror movies where we're at. And this is their percentage out of 100, obviously, of what they scored. So our fifth highest rated horror movie with a 53.32 is Scream. Our fourth highest horror movie with a 61.81% Midsummer. Third highest rated horror movie with a 64.92% Ginger Snaps. Second highest rated horror movie with a 70.84% Hellbound Hellraiser 2, your favorite. Mm. And our highest rated uh, gayest horror movie with a 71.84% is Interview with the Vampire. So if you had to guess, where do you think the brood is going to end up in there? That's hard. I feel like... Ah, because it's just this very boring straight man for <laughs> yes, so long. Sure. But you get the incredibly interesting, overly British psychiatrist. <laughs> yes. And you get over the top, I, I, like I was going to say as well, Piper, Laurie, and Carrie. It's yes. like her sister is in this movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, which is very excellent camp. Um where does it fall? I feel like it beats Ginger Snaps. Oh, you've okay. seen Ginger Snaps. But it, how, no, I just feel like it did. <laughs> also Fair. Canadian, so Fair. interesting. Yeah, there you go. Well, let's see if oh. it beats Ginger Snaps. So our first category, these are the canon categories. So we're each going to score these on a scale of 0 to 100. Then we take the average of all three of our scores. So okay. the first category for the brood is how what, how would you rate it on actual gay characters was there an actual gay character okay here's one of those things i think if this if the brood were to be made today there, i think there's a good argument for dr ha uh, raglan to be possibly gay especially with his assistant chris that assist chris is a very devoted assistant very pretty it was very burns and smithers vibe exactly yeah there's definitely <laughs> that going on there there's something Chris, I think, is definitely gay. And I think a case could be made for Mike, the bearded patient from the very beginning. I think that's the strongest case, Mike. Uh, the one who just wants his daddy. He wants his daddy to like him. Well, because there's there's a lot. I thought The Brood was great, and I really enjoyed it. But there's so much that is ambiguous and not left clear, which mm -hmm. could be maddening or could be enjoyable, depending on your mood. And so, like, there's a lot of stuff with Mike where uh, the doctor... Uh, was like all oh, your dresses and your you know and your and your makeup and I was like oh is this real or is this just him being like shady and sort of playing games with him? So I don't sure if like Mike had cross dresser tendencies or not, but yeah, yeah I I wondered that too. Is it like the did he just did his dad say that to him, or did he actually wear dresses, or did he just think his dad thought that? Right, right. I would like to know more about Michael. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't know more. No. I think no, that's no. the totality of his character, essentially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I thought he read pretty, like he's the one that I thought was is the strongest case for an actual gay character. Uh, um, yes, I would agree with that. 
but beyond that, there's really not much. No, I was just going to say, like, if you, if you have, I mean, his, Dr. Raglan's British accent was like royal British accent. <laughs> yeah, Shakespearean. And that yeah. reads as gay to me. <laughs> sure. Like, it just like, it's like the way that the 70s would be like, well, you know that he's gay because we're giving him a very classy British accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, also we like when we go that. to like, we see him and he's like, in the first scene, he looks like he's wearing some sort of like karate gi, like when, when he's doing that weird thing. Oh, with right. That's weird. And then when we see him in his in his chambers, he's sort of like just come out robe? of the shower with like a short, short robe. Like there's something very like effete about him, definitely. Gotta say though, loved his house. Floor to ceiling windows. Oh my oh god. Oh my god, with the snowy, oh beautiful. What a compound. What a compound he's yeah. got. That shed is huge. He has. Um <laughs> you could have spent some more money on those doors. Those doors were like particle board. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, Lindsay, uh, what would you give The Brood for actual gay characters on a score of 0 actual to 100? Actual gay characters. I'll do, like, a... Because it's never said, I'm going to say 35. 35. Yeah, I'm going to go 40, because I think the assistant definitely is. I think Mike is. I think, what's his name? Jan Jan Hartog? There's the a good guy chance. With the thing on his chin. Oh, neck yeah, guy. He's got the weird like neck cancer. He seems another. He felt he felt very much like a New York character actor to me. So he just felt very like oh, like very over the top, very like. He's been Broadway in like five Cronenberg movies. That guy. Yeah. So I'll give it a forty. Forty. Uh, I'm gonna give it a thirty. Giving an average of thirty-five, which uh, is more than almost double of the shining so way to go so there you go that seems right yeah yeah right <laughs> so our next category drag queen inspiration could a drag queen watch the brood and come away with a whole book of ideas Ooh. Be <laughs> because what of our white look yeah. yeah because of nola in the end with the little that baby even, like, attached to her so dramatic yeah it's, it's so good. like like yeah. their wings like her dress mm -hmm. becomes like angel wings and she reveals the, like the baby jesus still attached to her <laughs> womb uh, she must have I been like that... a theater student because she really has a flair for like presentation you know definitely <laughs> she was sitting on that like I hope there's a good moment where <laughs> yeah. I well, she's, she address. apparently she uh, she is British as well. And she and Oliver Reed, who played Dr. Ragland, like they grew up in the same hometown. Like they've known each other their whole lives. Interesting. And it felt that way. It did. <laughs> they had that history. Yeah, they had that connection. I also like the school that one school teacher had like a very like kind of Santa Fe inspired yes. look. And like she had almost like this Vulcan, like Star Trek Vulcan haircut, but with like a mullet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like a twiggy look that she was growing out, but like half-heartedly. <laughs> Just a twig, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'd say the hair on both of the, the two main women is very like, both of them had like a look that you could be like, oh, I could do something with that. The hair. Yeah. I think you could also do something with like a mother-daughter challenge, you know, like giving birth to your, like maybe your partner in crime for like the little <laughs> Possibly. Sure, sure. Know? Also, the little monster is just wearing those snowsuits and having a really fucked up face. I think that would read <laughs> as the, that is an like iconic look, I would say. And anytime you do a lesion reveal, I mean, <laughs> anytime. I wasn't aware of that drag queen rule. Lesion oh, reveal. Gotta, oh, lesion she's great. Reveal? You got to check her out. She's great. They usually do it after a snatch game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So what do you want to give uh, the brood for drag queen inspiration? I mean, this isn't Edward Scissorhands. This isn't, you know. Right. Yeah. I'm going to say just because Nola is so insane at the end and it's such a look, 65. 65. Yeah, I think that it's it's mostly just that reveal at the end, but like what a reveal. So I'll give it a 55. 55. Does her character ever walk? No. no. <laughs> Absolutely not. It would destroy Why everything. Why does she need to? <laughs> She filmed her entire. She filmed her entire performance in three days. Isn't that nuts? I mean, probably from sitting on that mattress the yeah. whole time too. Makes She's sense. like, just keep it rolling. I gotta go. Let's yeah. come on. <laughs> no bathroom breaks. I'm here. No the lighting's already set up. Let's just do it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it a 67, just because I'm never gonna forget that reveal at the end. Oh yeah, so good. All right, our next category: gay icons. What would you give the brood for gay icons? I think we just got Nola. Is Oliver yeah. Reed a gay icon? I mean, really. Oliver Reed, I he was the one for me when this started. I immediately was like, oh, it's Bill Sykes from Oliver and also the dad oh. from Tommy. So like he was Gladiator. the one who I was like, and he's in Gladiator and he died while filming Gladiator, <laughs> yeah. in fact. Um, so I mean, like, are they Barbara Streisand? No. No. But um, they're not nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are the little brood people? We never they never came up with names for them. No, well, they die pretty quickly rude. from what we understand. They yeah. just, I think they just kept saying the children. The children. Mm. Um, I think that I think Nola and like maybe maybe Oliver Reed, but he's like pretty he reads as pretty like boozy womanizer to me. Right. Yeah, I think I think just Nola. Just and Nola. nobody really I never hear anyone talk about this movie. So how iconic could she be? Exactly. We need some more Nola stands. Make yourself known. Thank you. Yeah. Where's the Nola <laughs> fan cam? Please let us Stop know. covering BTS and do Justice Nola. for Nola. <laughs> Justice for Nola. People are going to think uh, New Orleans. No, we mean a <laughs> character from a 1979 <laughs> horror movie. But also Justice for Nola. But also Justice. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you want to give the brood for gay icons? For some reason, this number jumped out at me 22. 22. That's a good number. I'm going to go 15. 15. Uh, I'm going to go 18, right in the middle, kind of. Uh, Given an 18.33, which is almost three times what Midsommar got for um, gay icons. There you go. All right, the next category, the male gaze. In this category, I mean, how horny is the camera for the male form? I wrote that the Cronenberg really likes Art Hindle's hair. Oh, yeah. He's handsome. He is but everyone's wearing the squarest lot, so jaw ever. Yeah. Yes. It's so Canadian. I think I actually think that that the sort of the biggest flaw of the movie is the fact that like obviously Art Hindle is a stand-in for Cronenberg. And like as such, like it's there there's nothing about the character like that his character is just so boring. Like right. there's nothing about there, like he just is like, I just want to protect my daughter, which is very noble and great, but there's no sense of like what about their relationship how like what what what, you know all we know is that she's crazy his ex-wife is insane but we don't know like did he do something to her to make her crazy was she always kind of crazy i mean it's it is this movie is often criticized for being misogynistic which i get um but like i think like his character the character that represents him is just so dull right and that there's really nothing about it that's interesting or unique and i think it's just because cronenberg was like yeah that's me and i was doing the right thing When I was going through a divorce, yeah. And uh, she was giving birth to alien babies in her mind. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) She's crazy. Because women are nuts. 
And she probably went to <laughs> and therapy. And they're made nuts by their mothers. <laughs> yeah. She's like processing <laughs> her trauma and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to have to deal with that. Yeah, it's not fair. Um, but I, beyond that, like, it's not... There's not much. Do we even? Is there one shirt? I guess the one shirtless guy is Michael, and he's covered in lesions. Right. Yeah. Not sexy. I don't, I don't think there's any. Unless that's your thing, and we don't want to shame you. <laughs> no lesion. Not a lesion. I don't want to yuck your yum. Yeah. Thank you. John loves to say that. <laughs> I learned that phrase like three years ago, and I say it all that time. Thank you. <laughs> so, what do you want to give the male gaze? Ugh. Five. A five. Tough and I'm just there. I'm just going with the hair and the jaw. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna that. go ten. Ten. Um, I'm gonna go four. This is pretty. This is a very straight movie. Also, like, I feel like a more interesting story is like in this institute of plas. What is it? Plas psychoplastic. Psychoplastics. Like this. Why are we the whole movie set in this place? What is going on in here? Yes. I want to know more. Well, I wanted, I definitely wanted to know more. And this was like back to my saying about like, there's so much they don't tell you. Like, I just initially assumed that there was some other like weird treatment he was giving them. Like maybe, maybe it's because I watched a Marvel movie recently that I was like, oh, there's got to be like gamma rays that he like infected these people with on top of the therapy. But then I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I guess maybe it's just like, no, the therapy itself was so strong that it was causing these people to like physically manifest uh, issues that they had. Um, and she just had, like, I guess the question is sort of like, if Nola had not come into contact with psychoplastics, would she have created the brood? Or was it just sort of like this weird, because she happened to be in the mental state, he happened to have this method, and they happened to meet, and that's what caused this insanity to happen. I think so, right? Yeah, I think it's I the like latter. Cronenberg I would like it always, to be the former right? with like, <laughs> like maybe he, um, I want like to mix sequels. where it's like you go to him and he does sort of help you manifest physically what you're feeling, like with the rashes and stuff, but then maybe he like, yeah, gamma rays, radiation, <laughs> he enhances that and they turn into little monsters. Cause maybe that's like the, the comparison could be made between like Keith Rainier and Alison Mack between the two of these. <laughs> Yeah, the next CM people. <laughs> you know, maybe that's like, oh, I've created. A, we're feeding each other now. It's this is going crazy. But I finally, like, the combo we've been waiting for. <laughs> I kind of like that. It isn't explicitly explained, and it's just kind of like accepted as like, oh yes, this is a thing that happens, and it's normal. Because to me, it makes it feel like creepier and more like uh, has like a. Uh, it feels more that this weird thing is being treated as like accepted makes the whole movie more unsettling to me. I would be I fine with not knowing more about it. Right. I would just like to see more of it. Yes, I want to see like, her I don't more. care about him. Like, how many times do I have to watch him, like, pick her up or drop her off somewhere? <laughs> no. Versus, like, it's this guy's a got a thing dad. growing out of his throat. <laughs> right? All right. Our next category, entrances with pizzazz. How would we mm. rate the entrances with pizzazz? Okay, one that I noticed, it was like sort of like a subtle pizzazz, but there's one scene sure. where Dr. Raglan enters, I guess, Nola's room, and he's got like a coat with like a fur trim on it, and something's going on, so he, like, he almost tries to be quiet, so he like closes the door and like stands next to it, and then does this weird like turn where he takes off the coat and hangs it up, but is still like back up against the door in a very sort of dramatic, like he could almost be singing Santa Baby, you know, like at that moment, like it's a very weird sort of moment that he has mm -hmm. uh, that I thought that was sort of pizzazzy. And the only other thing I thought was the first time that creature goes into the grandma's house and it, like makes a lot of noise, but we don't see it. But we're like, oh, something's going on in the kitchen. Sure. Mm -hmm. 
So there's some sort of like horror pizzazz in that, I would say. I think like seeing the first, the lesions on the first guy feels like an, ent- I don't know, there's something like, uh, there's oh, something yeah, like interesting. With, that's, when this, that's when the music, that's the song reveal. would kick in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta sing about these lesions. <laughs> and then Nola revealing like the egg sack feels like, uh, oh, that's where like, that's the needle drop moment, I feel like. That's where like the beat drops and we found love, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not really like a pizzazzy entrance, but it's no. certainly an entrance where you th- like um, Frank opens the door and you don't know who it's going to be. And then it's Michael. <laughs> right. And he's right. like, the children, I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's a big entrance, but I don't know that it has pizzazz. Yeah. This isn't a movie I would think of when I think of pizzazz. Canadians movie tend not to have a lot of pizzazz. I will say a lot of um, Dr. Raglan's just like slow turns are <laughs> like they earn the the like energy of an entrance. <laughs> sure. Right. Like with how like specific and slow they are, they just really captivate. That's true. Also, the, after that first session. Well, like when it ends, it goes to blackout, and then the lights come up, and then Chris, the assistant, is like, "Doctor, oh, I right. would like to thank you all." Oh yeah, and he's just disappeared. Very, like, yeah, your bus Are those is open to the you. public. Like, what is? <laughs> Why I... wouldn't you be going to that all the time? I would go to that. I mean, I wish we could go to that now. Would you really? Because <laughs> <laughs> sure. at first it's I was crazy. like, at the beginning though, I was. Were you guys wondering? I was like, is this a theater class? Like, is this I, a yes, scene quite, study yes. monologue class? That's exactly I what like, I was about oh. to say. Like I do not want to. I go would to not. This. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to audit this class at all. Yes. It's so like, what do you want to give? The one that's not on the main stage. It's in the like <laughs> Nixon Theater. The main stage is UC sold out, Irvine but heads. people are people are doing some really good work in our scene study class. Why don't you take a look? Oh no, not the hypnotism play. <laughs> so, what do we want to give entrances with pizzazz? Yeah. That's also very low for me. I'll say mm-hmm. seven. Just a seven. Of Dr. Ragland. Wow. I'm going to go 30. Uh, seven, 30. Uh, I'm going to go 32. Just for that egg sack oh. at the end. Sure. It's mostly, I'm heavily weighted towards the egg sack. Give an average of 23. All right. Our next category. You might do very well here. Strident women. How do we feel about women sticking up for themselves? I'm not taking I mean, no guff. We got Nola. Mm-hmm. We got Nola. We have the children. Are those? Uh, they well, no, they're gender. Like, they're asexual. asexual. They, that is mm-hmm. canon. They say they're asexual. I wonder. All right. So here's another thing that is unclear. Do we think the grandmother was abusive to Nola? It does not so. want to say. That's all I know. <laughs> right. Doesn't seem to want to say, but then like. And like, obviously, Nola herself is not the most reliable narrator, but her father also like became an alcoholic because he was like filled with guilt and shame. So I feel like the grandmother was not the best mother. I didn't think she was until the scene uh, where Nola is projecting her father onto Dr. Ragland. Mm -hmm. And she just keeps saying, "I I love you and I feel guilt, but you should have protected me. That felt genuine to me. Mm hmm. I think she probably was. It made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you call the grandmother a strident woman? Is that what you're saying? 
No. I guess. I mean, they make a point for her to like always be having drinking as the biggest tumbler of whiskey she can get. <laughs> Let me just refill grandma and yours drink. <laughs> yeah, grandma's tumbler. I would. I don't think the grandma is, but Nola's speech at the end where she's like, I'm a part of something strange and it's <laughs> yeah. a journey. Like that's definitely, I think that definitely applies. I would think so. Mm-hmm. More than most movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you want to give it for strident women? Poor Candy. She's not pulling any weight. She's just no. there to be traumatized. She's oh, really Candy no. looks so much like my cousin when <laughs> she was a little girl. It was crazy to me just for nola's speech at the end because it is so huge and involves licking her yeah psycho baby clean of blood <laughs> 80 80 yeah i mean this is basically medea you know what i mean like she off she like yes. attempts to kill tyler her perry? children yes exactly this is just like a tyler perry uh, medea's witness protection um so i'm gonna go 85 85 yeah, I mean, like, she is the whole point of the movie. You know what I mean? I, unfortunately, Her she's anger. not the focus, too, uh, not for the focus of the movie, but she's everything you love about this movie is because of Nola, I feel mm-hmm. like. Uh, I'm going to give it an 88. I thought it was a hoot. I'll give it an average of 84.33, which is tied with mermaids. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> oh, interesting. All right. I'll probably do very well in this category as well. Macabre. How macabre is mm-hmm. the brood? Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty macabre. I think yeah. this is the one thing it has in spades. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. A teacher gets hammered to death in the middle of her classroom in front of her children, of her yeah. students. I loved that one kid who was the only one who had the presence of mind <laughs> to go get help. Right? <laughs> but it just runs outside and screams. He's like, ah, ah, Mrs. Whatever faces. <laughs> the bad kid. The bad kid. Yeah, very um, macabre. They love a mallet, these kids. Yeah, um, they do love a mallet. We got those sores on Michael's body. You got Jan Hartog's weird neck thing. Yep. You got also just- at the end when um, what's his face? The main guy, Al Frank. I don't know. Frank. Frank is the he- husband. Choking a mother while she's holding mm-hmm. her like newborn baby is so intense. Mm-hmm. And, and then was- it it immediately kills like twenty other deformed children yeah. yeah born of her weird mind. gymnast creatures yeah yes <laughs> and it was still shocking to be like i don't know if they would, when he's like the uh doctor is like blowing the like children away with the gun and like you oh, see yeah. them just getting like blown apart it was like but they still look ostensibly like children and it was yes. like he had a revolver <laughs> not a shotgun no <laughs> how is he blowing these giant holes and then they well, eat his face bodies. it's crazy it's and crazy. why was that the like wh- what a dumb plan for the doctor to be like hey you go talk to your wife who's crazy well i go you know what i mean like why don't you talk to the wife yeah keep her calm, while he that. go gets her daughter yeah you know what's going down yeah, so, yeah you and he couldn't give him even a word of warning yeah like by <laughs> right. the way under her dress sheet is an alien baby that she bore of her own psychosis uh just so you know going into it but yeah. no nothing <laughs> nothing um also they leave the chalk outline in the house how long do they leave a chalk outline for in the middle of a house of like the grandma's body or the gra- the father's body that wasn't chalk that was tape or the tape it i didn't tape. tape outline do people know what i mean when i say tape outline well i mean the chalk you assume it'll just eventually go away 
But the tape, you've got to take up. We've got to take up that tape. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you want to give the brood in macabre? Oh, another thing too, that weird Please. scene where they're like, it is asexual. It doesn't have a mouth. It has a beak. Uh, why was that like purple? Looks cool, I guess. It was so, I just kept saying, why is Frank present for this? Why yes. is Frank yes. present for this? <laughs> and then and after also, the fact, they were just like, huh, that's weird. Okay, so. I did the, guy guy to school. the guy doing the autopsy was like the little Tucker. Like he was like kind of like folksy, <laughs> the mortician. I, his, when he said, and neither of you have noticed the most provocative aspect of the child and they're like oh what no navel it's like why is frank here because <laughs> he's a man that's probably that's it i think that's it. uh so what do you want to give macabre give it in macabre i'm gonna say full hundred a hundred uh yeah i'm gonna go 95. 95. Macabre. Too much whimsy. Too much. <laughs> there was a preschool. <laughs> that number five whimsy. This um, I think I'm going to give it 102. I mean, this is pretty, just for that choking a mother who just gave birth while she's holding the baby in her arms was so, that's one of the darkest things I've seen since last week when we did Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. <laughs> so. I was disturbed enough that she knew she was giving birth to the children. I thought they were just like popping into the attic. So then like right? watching her be strangled, uh, holding one of them intense. Ugh. All right. Our next category, dramatic lighting. What would you rate the dramatic lighting? Well, there is that autopsy scene you were just Purple autopsy. autopsy. Yeah. That therapy session at the top of the movie that happens Looks like great. on stage. That's her very hair dramatic always lighting. seemed to be backlit. Yeah. She had a nice rim light on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The uh, father stumbling around that darkened house. It's pretty mm-hmm. dramatic, drunken stumble. I'd say it wasn't consistent, no. but it right. really made the most of the times it chose to have dramatic <laughs> lighting. For sure. Um, so what do you want to give it for dramatic lighting? I'm going to give it a 53. 53. Yeah, I, 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 there's a lot of just sort of straightforward lighting, but it, it gives it to you when it wants to. So I'm going to give it a 60. 60. Uh, I'll go 59. Give it an average of 57.33, which is a lot higher than mermaids. All right, pulling away. <laughs> All right, our next category, vibrato. So for this category, mm. in addition to literal vibrato, we also mean anytime they give you something extra in a moment. They take a moment, they give you more, and they sort of shish it up, and you like it. Okay. I think that birthing scene is pretty, like, biting the yeah. egg sack. Licking, licking the baby sack, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, an extended licking of the yeah, sack. Extended like, it, just like the, I mean, even, like, fast tongue action. Mm-hmm. It was very weird. <laughs> Right. They, yeah, they dialed that up as much as possible. Because <laughs> she was doing it like sensuous. It wasn't like a mother tiger in the wild or anything, like doing it yeah. matter-of-factly. It was it like she like, was doing it at him. Like it was a pudding cup or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was weirdly foreplay almost. Yeah. <laughs> That's the opposite <laughs> of how this usually works. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, also, th- I thought Michael's performance was pretty like extra. He seems yeah, so definitely constantly uh, at wit's end. His wit at wit's end meter was off the charts. The 
the fact that the first time you meet Jan, he's just like rolling back and forth on the floor <laughs> right. um, to get his lymphatic system moving <laughs> because of the cancer creature on his neck. They just kept saying like lesions and cancers. And I was like, but that looks like a tiny alien on your neck. Yeah. yeah. Looks like way more than what you're terming it. Um, but it, I, everything with this movie in answering these questions is it's like, it's, there are only a few moments, but those moments are so big. Yeah. Right. It's like, everything's decided. Mm-hmm. It's not it accidentally low budget. So deliberate. You know, they had to mm-hmm. save their money for those big moments. But I also think they did it wisely, though. If they had, you know, sure. what I mean, if they were like, we can do three scares, kind, of, you know, it does like, but they use them perfectly. Mm-hmm. So, what do you want to give it for vibrato? I will say sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. I'm gonna give it an 87 just for the looking of that baby. 87. That is like that is like crazy. That it's moment. extreme. <laughs> it's extreme. It's great. Uh, I'm gonna give it 77. The whole thing kind of feels off and weird. Love it. All right, the next category: footwork. How would you rate the footwork? As we've all said, this isn't Chicago. It's not Chicago. The one thing that I noticed in footwork is that there was a lot of walking in snow, so you got a lot of that crunchy sound effect, which was fun. Sure. You got a lot of drunken stumble. Barton does a lot of drunken stumbling mm-hmm. through his daughter's yeah. house. You get the little kids, the little brood walking. Right. Yeah. That's true. That scene. It's not nothing, but it's not, it's not a lot. No. Right. This isn't Sweet Charity. No. I've never seen Sweet Charity, but I assume there's a lot of dancing in it. There's a ton of dancing in Sweet Charity. Really? There's a there fair is, yes. <laughs> Bob Flossie's directorial debut. Yes, there's a lot of dancing in Sweet Charity. <laughs> Was it a play or a musical first? It was a musical first, yes. Mm-hmm. It see. was. It's about uh, some vaudeville person? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, sure close, McClane. burlesque. Ah. <laughs> she was a My taxi dancer, but yeah. Mm-hmm. What's a taxi dancer? She was a dance hall girl. Stripper. Yeah, ah. a whore. <laughs> Your she was a whore. <laughs> um, so what do you want to give for footwork? It's pretty light on footwork, I feel. Yeah. yeah. For for the things that we just talked about, just for the hay of it, I'll say 13. 13. I'm going to say 20. 20. Uh, also go 20. Sure, why not? Give an average of 17.67. All right. Our next category, animal print. There's not a lot. There's a lot of fur. There's a lot of fur. But I didn't I spot think, any animal print. I don't think I didn't so. either. I just hadn't reached Canada yet. They're maybe like three years behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this if this movie made in '82 would have been z- zebra and leopard so print much, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just stopped wearing romp hymns up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we want to give it for animal. I guess like to me, I guess it's not zero because of fur, but fur is not quite an animal print. No. Right. But I'll go first if you want animal. Yes, please go first. I'm gonna go ten for animal print. Ten. I was gonna say thirteen. Thirteen. Again. Thirteen. Lucky thirteen. Because um, of the because of the fact that uh, you don't have animal print, but you do have animal. <laughs> That's true. 
Uh, I'm going to give it an eight, giving an average of 10.33, which is, oh my God, 10.33 points higher than Terms of Endearment. Well, wow, way go. to go. Mm -hmm. um, all right, our last in the canon categories. Don't worry, we have three more groups of categories to come <laughs> on a scale of zero to 100. How likely are you to recommend the brood to a gay person? From zero to 100? <laughs> yeah. So you're talking to a gay person, Gosh. they say they haven't seen the brood. Okay, just because of Nola, I'm going to say 90. 90. Just yeah. because you have to see that scene. You have to. You have to. Yeah, I mean, it's all about Samantha Eggers. And it's also, it was nice, I will say, to like see a performance that had that everything you want from sort of like a camp horror female like performance that you didn't expect. You know what I mean? It's one thing to be like, you're going to be seeing Piper, Laurie, and Carrie brace yourself it's going to be amazing but to just be like wait what and to be so you know sort of blindsided by it uh i'm gonna give it an 85 85 i also love that we haven't mentioned that she's making crank calls <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she crank calls. that was so funny to me <laughs> her like waking up and he's like oh you no longer feel threatened by mrs myers and she's like no i don't know why I just feel like she's not a threat anymore. I, just feel, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I just feel like my alien children just like beat her to death in front of her class. <laughs> I don't know where I'm getting that sense. Uh, I'm going to give it a 88. Give her an average of 87.67, which is higher than Hellbound Hellraiser 2, which only go. got a 69, mostly because John didn't like it. There All right. Our, <laughs> entirely my fault. That's it for the canon categories. Now we are into the wheel category. So these are all categories that previous guests have brought in. We put on a wheel. So we're going to spin this okay. wheel four times and whatever category randomly pops up, that's oh, what we're going gotcha. to judge the movie on. And then after those four, you are going to add a category which we're going to put to the wheel. Okay. All right. So then it'll be added to the wheel for future episodes. Awesome. Fine. But maybe it could become a canon category or a bonus category. If I do point. really well. If you do, if you nail it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the, the first category is high. gossip. Gossip. So how gossipy is the brood? Well, is Michael kind of gossipy when he's kind of telling? Uh, That's a little bit guy? gossipy. I also thought in that phone call with Nola, where she said, are you and my husband having your own private <laughs> PTA meetings? Yeah. <laughs> That felt that was very, very gossipy. gossipy. That was so mm -hmm. fun. She's like, I'm not even going to dignify that with an answer. <laughs> I was like, or you could diffuse the whole situation by being like, no, I'm babysitting your daughter and he's not even present. <laughs> right. Because he just got a call from your drunken father. <laughs> um, but beyond that, I don't think it's very gossipy. No. Although it seems I mean, like people don't therapy. know what's going on with the therapy, yeah. you know, with. Yeah. If anything, it's too secretive. Exactly. Uh, so what would you give this on a scale of zero to 100 for gossip? Seven. A seven. Uh, I'll give it a, for that phone call, I'm going to give it a 20. 20. Uh, I'll give it a 17. Give it an average of 14.67. Gossip is from our topsy-turvy episode with Paul F. Tompkins. Flashback flashback i don't think are there any flashbacks in this movie was there like no, a flashback when she was talking photograph. about her as a daughter or it felt like the, the explaining the creature that felt sort of flashbacky when it was all purple because like the dad was also like with the daughter and we kept sort of cutting that with the next scene so there's something slightly flashbacky with that yeah again slightly 
slight a slight flash but they also like made it purple which was like i think to me was like oh like to be clear this is in the past yeah it does signify something <laughs> purple always equals past that imprints <laughs> or yeah. autopsy yeah or autopsy <laughs> purple rain royal mm-hmm. um but i don't think there's any i'll say three three just because of the possible purple flashback yeah yeah i'll give it a 10 for that 10 uh i'll go four giving it up to 5.67 all right wheel category number three musical callback <laughs> musical callback. wow the wheel not being kind not being kind to this one no <laughs> Mm-mm. i mean I will say this, Howard Shore, this was his first score. I thought he did a great job. Like I loved it. The, the score did sort of call attention to itself, which I could understand someone saying like, oh, but you want to feel it and not notice it. But I still, I noticed it and loved it. Now, he, has who, that have anything to do with callbacks? I don't know. <laughs> but since we're here, I just want well, to talk about it. You can do, like, movies and TV shows have, like, theme callbacks. Yeah, So it's sure. like, oh, it's this character you haven't seen like for a whole season and then they come back and you hear their theme again or something. But I couldn't, I don't, I didn't clock anything like right. that. Mm-hmm. Neither did I. You would think Nola would have like a distinctive theme. Nola's like a theme. zither. Yeah, a zither yeah. or something, you know. <laughs> Some sort of Enya, you know, ethereal vocal could be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, a cut from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers' Mother's Milk would have been made sense, maybe. <laughs> Had that come out yet? It was 1979? No, but it's not okay. too late. If they could oh, recut... that's a forward back. That's yeah, a, yeah, if they could recut the Justice League, they could recut the brood with uh, Chili Pepper songs. Um, so what do you <laughs> want to give this? The Chili Pepper cut. <laughs> it's the Chili Pepper cut. Yeah. What do we want to give the brood for musical callback? I'm going to be very generous and say one in case I missed something. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'll give it a I'll give it a five in case we miss something. Five. Uh yeah, I'll give it a five. Sure, why not? For uh Lord of the Rings. <laughs> sure. Giving it a 3.67. All right. I think musical callback was from our Top Gun episode. I think I, that's correct. I think I might, yeah. Okay, here we go. Non-traditional murder weapon. Okay. Mm. Okay, we've got a couple here. Children's mount ma- tchotchkes. We got the mallets. <laughs> we got those glass uh, like paperweights. For the mm-hmm. grandpa, yeah, two mallets twice and the glass paperweight. I would say being chewed Hands. to death by <laughs> these ectopic pregnancy children, trauma pregnancy children. Uh, chewed that's to pretty death? Chewed. Well, the guy, the doctor, they like, eat his face. Yeah, they eat his face. When they all attack, they all pile on. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Because she sure. is essentially, Nola is essentially using these babies as her murder weapons. Right. That's true. The whole brood To do her bidding. Fact. Oh, do you think, do you think, oh, how many, I didn't even think to ask beforehand. Do you sort of avoid giving spoilers? No. Because I've just been saying everything. (laughs) Okay. Um, We'll have to do a lot of editing for this. That moment when she's like, I'd rather that Candy die than go with you. I was like, oh, his ex-wife definitely said that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bad divorce bad uh, i would say this is more real this is better than kramer versus kramer <laughs> i enjoyed it more <laughs> sure that's true 
Is it more realistic? Maybe. I mean, it is like an <laughs> I mean, honest... I haven't been through a divorce. So I would say it's not a positive look at what David Cronenberg was going through. I don't think it's telling the story mm. he thinks he's necessarily telling. Very but symbolic. I do think in a way it is realistic and like it reflects by what he genuinely did feel at the time. Mm -hmm. Sins of the mother. Right. Well, there, I've read some things where he does claim that his ex-wife had joined a cult. And there he was go. he was fighting for the custody of his daughter. So this she feels very like on the nose. Class. It's a, like a cult. Yeah. <laughs> the Anthony Mendel. Depending on the method. Studio sure. on Melrose. Mm -hmm. um, so what would we give this for non-traditional murder weapons? I think it's pretty high. I agree. I think so. I mean, I think the whole premise of the movie is like the brood is her, their unholy army. Yeah. yeah. They are instruments. I'm going to say 97. 97. Yeah, I'll go 97 as well. You know what? That sounds good. Let's all be a brood <laughs> together and give it a 97. Let's gang up on this score. <laughs> yeah, let's eat its face. All right, Elizabeth, <laughs> the time has come for you to add a category that will be added to the wheel. Have you? Do you have something in mind, something that we can... I do, because I felt like when we discussed entrances... Mm-hmm. Mm this deserved a higher score that it didn't get and so unless i'm all unless i've so forgotten something that we talked about i think reveal should be a category just like a general reveal. dramatic reveal just like dramatic, dramatic reveal, reveal. Great. like it can be like physical or um could be she's my secret. sister my mother my yes yeah, exactly yeah. exactly i think that's uh fantastic so what would you give the brood for dramatic reveal? Hundred. <laughs> yeah, what? I mean you get a hundred. <laughs> I also will give it a hundred. Giving I mean, it a hundred. Like wearing a dress that was like made for reveal. You know what I yes. mean? Like like I'm gonna wear a nightgown that only attaches at the neck. Yeah. So that I could just open it with a flourish at any moment and reveal my naked body completely. This might be a reference nobody here understands, but it's very Monica Rambeau, Captain Marvel uh, from the 70s, 80s. Mm, uh, oh, sure. The white with and the, black costume. She has this weird like cape thing weird that, on the sleeves yeah. that go from like, yeah, yeah, big yeah. I got it. That go, mm -hmm. Oh, and there's that ecto baby attached. Yes. And she's, oh, that's the part I didn't I mention. I do know what you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's now we are into the bonus categories. <laughs> love all these categories it's so like these a categories fun quiz yes right? thank you so these are just bonuses so it's going to be from zero to ten so and that's okay. a percentage bonus so if something gets a zero it's not going to get penalized like it will in like the previous categories so this is just like a bonus sort of extra so it's okay extra. if it doesn't do that well gotcha all right so the first bonus category for zero to ten percent what would you give the brood for makeover montage mm. i don't know if there was one make over hmm. i'll say did you clock one john i didn't um, no i don't unless we're considering mrs myers's death uh, where she, she gets a death. makeover <laughs> sure. by taking a mallet to her face There's uh, yeah i don't think there i'm gonna say it's zero Zero. Yeah, I have to go zero as well, I'm afraid. I also will go zero. Not even really a makeover in this movie. Mm -mm. No. All right, our next category, cheerworthy cameos. Were there any cameos that you clocked and you gave a little cheer? No. The only thing I said like, hey, was there's a bottle of Mr. Bubble. 
Okay. <laughs> in the bathtub. I was like, oh, I remember that. I had a similar thing. There was a Happy Days lunchbox in the but classroom. But that's in two scenes, John. So I don't know what if that counts it? as a cameo. Oh, mm. I'm sorry. I didn't see it in the second it's one. It's at home. I oh, I clocked it right away. They didn't show it up again when she's at school. <laughs> oh, well, then in that case, I'm, uh, then I guess I have to take that off my list. And it's just a featured player. Yeah. Right? It's an under five. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, there's that's not. That's it. It's yeah. a pretty small yeah. cast. Yeah. I'm going to go 0.5, I guess, for Mr. Bubble. 0.5 for Mr. Bubble. <laughs> Oops. Uh, 0.5. Uh, I'll go a one for Mr. Bubble. I literally said, hey, when it happened. So, <laughs> Lindsay, what are you going to give it? Zero. Zero. I Tough thought nothing fair. of Mr. Bubble. I was just wow. like, yeah, Mr. Bubble, yes. obviously. I feel nothing. Clearly, we're in Canada. <laughs> All right, our next category, pool trouble. I would try this for pool trouble. Pool There's not like trouble. a pool, like capital P pool, but when Candy's in the bathtub, that's yes. when we see all the bruises on, and like welts on her back. Right? True. That's about it, though. I mean, it's the winter, so no one's going swimming. Right. Yeah. I'll Although give it a one say, for that There's bath the pool one. of light that Mike and Dr. Haglin were in at the top <laughs> that caused him to get all those welts on his body. Sure. If we're counting go, that, that's major. <laughs> We have counted do, pools if of you light want to. We past. do pools of light in the past. Pools of blood we've also done. Um, like, is the thinking of this therapy, like, you're getting the welt, like, getting these welts, like, these lesions that look painful, like, they don't look comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, is that a good, is it your body, like, processing, getting the trauma out? It seemed to be like they want, like, it was about encouraging a physical manifestation of your trauma. It feels mm -hmm. like very Scientology and like Thetans, you know. What I, I mean? was about like, to say I did. I was a Scientologist for a hot minute. Okay, <laughs> and I did the I purification it. rundown where you go and you sit in a sauna for five hours. Wow, what does that uh, do? For you? I was sixteen, and uh, I mean, I felt better at the end. You run for twenty minutes and you sit in a sauna and you drink a bunch of water. Um, you sit in a sauna for five hours? Yeah, for five hours straight. Wow. And you're you just like drinking water and eating salt tablets. And yeah, and you're hanging out with the other people who are doing the program with you. Um, so it's not so like five awful. hours of silence. It's just like no, a special no. five hours of... Yeah, like you can bring a book. You can talk to people. Huh. Wouldn't your book get damp? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> it's like a soggy mass market paperback type of situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A battlefield earth, perhaps. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's revered. <laughs> oh, let's see. Maybe a Daniel Steele then, some <laughs> Judith Krantz. I think I might have been reading Stephen King's Bag of Bones at the time. That's a fun one. Little uh, mm -hmm. refrigerator maggots. magnets tell the story. Um, <laughs> so you're giving it a one for pool trouble. John, what do you want to give it for pool trouble? Yeah, I'll give it a one as well. Yeah, I'm also going to give it a one, mostly for that. That bathtub doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Giving it a one. All right, I think this next category might do pretty well. Witches. How witchy is the brood? It feels kind of not... I don't think no. I thought Nola witchy. had like a witchy vibe. She, she has a witchy vibe, but nothing she was manifesting felt very witchy. But just the you fact know? that she was able to do that because again it's one of those things it's kind of like a very unclear shoe. about the movie is just in how like how much of this was was she already this powerful as a manifester beforehand because it seemed because like her grandmother said like oh yeah she was in the hospital so much because she had all these welts and all these weird growths right and the very last 
you know, shot of the movie is like close up on the daughter's arm and she's got little skin tags that we're meant to believe like, oh, she also has this weird power. But how much of that was like already there? Or how much was the uh I wonder if it's like a Professor X, Jean Grey kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to guide this. Maybe. Yeah, I thought maybe the girl had just received a bit of therapy as well. So what do you want to give this for witch? Well, because she is a very witchy character, I'll say five. Five. I'm going to go eight. I'm also going to go eight. I think Nolan's pretty witchy. And also just the backlit. Somehow that backlighting on her hair, giving her that hair, the gold, which is the oh, thumbnail yeah. on like HBO Max. Is yes. Like, so, like If that doesn't make you want to watch the movie, I don't know what will. <laughs> uh, all right. Our next category, gay actors playing gay roles. Well, I did a little research. Okay. What'd you come up with? I thought maybe Michael, mm-hmm. the actor who played Michael, and I found a Twitter thread where his son announced his passing. It was like okay. a few years ago. And a woman commented that he was the love of her life. Okay. So I do not think he is gay. I also did some research. I didn't find that, but I looked up Chris, the assistant. He was married three times to, to women. Okay. Three times to marriage to women. Obviously, maybe there's something you're not dealing with. It's like a David mm. Guest situation. Maybe? Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's no one. Not. I mean, unfortunately, none of the roles have actually come out. None. There's no one we could say definitely was gay, and none of the actors have come out to say that they were gay either. So, <laughs> and that's I mean, their fault. I mean, I mean I'll say it. one in so case. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say one in case because it did. It felt like maybe we don't want to be canceled for getting mm-hmm. any for mis, you know, mislabeling. That's true. Anybody. We want this. We want to be on the right side of history. So I'll also give mm-hmm. it a one. Oh boy, uh, I'm going to give it a zero. Burn everything down. <laughs> wow. Point six seven. <laughs> um, which is a second to Edward Scissorhands, which has a point eight three. Very uh, rough category for most movies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> All right, the next category, I think going to make up some bonus points here. Themes of mothers. <laughs> oh, 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 a 10. <laughs> a 10. Yeah, you got to go 10 on this one. I mean, it's, it is Medea, you know what I mean? Like, it's just mm-hmm. that. It's also something like, it feels like maybe there's like a man's fear of mothers, too. Oh, 100%. You know, it's so wild. Um, giving it a 10, tied with Terms of Endearment and Mermaids. There you <laughs> add go. The brood to our, right. Add the brood to your Mother's, <laughs> to Day, Mother's Day Marathon. Yeah. <laughs> All right, our next category, dramatic smoking. So the dad is smoking when he's like in the house. Yes. The grandfather, I guess you might say. Yeah. And then the teacher lights one up after her phone call with Nola. That's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she goes, and then I she like, puts it away because there's another phone call. You got, you can't I can't smoke, I can't smoke and answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People might know. <laughs> um, but I think that's about it. That's all I clocked. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. It wasn't that dramatic. I'll mm-hmm. I'll give it a one because it was like dramatic smoking and then dramatic, no, I'm not smoking. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'll give it a two for that. Two, uh, I'm also going to give it a two. Give an average of 1.67. All right, this is the last of the bonus category. Quips, how quippy is the brood? Were there just a lot of funny one-liners? 
There weren't a ton, but one of my <laughs> favorite was Ruth, the teacher. When she left that time where she was accidentally forced into babysitting, she said, I'll see you at the next open house as she ran out. <laughs> and I thought, good for her. Oh, good that's pretty Ruth. good. It was also, I, it wasn't really a quip, but it was like a cute bit of snark when she was like, why do I get the sense I've just been... Um, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. what did she say? Something into babysitting. Like hired as like, a babysitter yeah, or like recruited. Uh, volunteered oh, oh, or something recruited, like recruited, I think. Recruited, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So Ruth is really the laughmeister. She's the, uh, <laughs> the love guru of the <laughs> She's movie. She's bringing the She's the Carrie Fisher of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Carrie Fisher, she is to the brood as Carrie Fisher is to when Harry met Sally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, um, but not a very quippy movie. It is not, no. I'm going to say zero because zero, uh, although that open house line is good. I'm going to give it a two for all two. For uh, I'll give it a 0. 0.5. All right, give it a 0.83, which is higher than uh, Midsummer. So, this, uh, so apparently, the brood a lot funnier than <laughs> Midsummer, which I would actually disagree yeah. with. Um, all right, now we're into the iconic categories. <laughs> These are, these are three categories. We're back to scoring zero to 100. And these are kind of more overall umbrella categories that were kind of, everything we've already talked about could kind of fit under these categories. So the first one, on a scale of zero to 100, how would you rate the brood on homoeroticism? I, again, think Dr. Raglan and Chris, his assistant, like there's definitely some like, something going on there. And I think also with Mike, there's something like it's not he a lot wants a daddy so bad well, he really he, wants I mean, a daddy so hard he was like trying to withhold information until frank agreed to be his new daddy yeah yeah that's pretty that's extreme i mean was this leather night mm -hmm. <laughs> i'll say uh for for that just because it didn't take up a lot of screen time but it did seem prominent 45 45 i'll give it a 25 for those 25. Uh, I'm going to give it a 19. I did not find it very homoerotic. Give it a 29.67, which is a, uh, almost five times what Mer uh, Silence of the Lambs got, which has a oh, I need to change my score just so it doesn't beat Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> no, no, don't you worry about it. <laughs> you find homoerotic. Uh, there's, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs is a lot sexier than the brute. <laughs> All right, our next in the iconic category is over-the-top wardrobe. That dress at the end. That dress, Dr. Howell's short robe. The short so, robe. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Dr. Haugen had for a while a, a like a, an ivory-colored um, knit turtleneck oh, yeah. that was ribbed that just looked like foreskin to me. <laughs> we all see what we want to say. Do you want to update your homoeroticism score based on <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> I'll bring that into the wardrobe. Um, oh, I see. But yeah, there's not, it's all pretty like on the nose for the most part. Yeah. Even like the kids were just like your basic Oshkosh Bagosh realness. Uh, yeah. So what do you want to give this for over the top wardrobe? I'll give it 25 for her dress. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a 20. 20. Uh, I'm also going to give it a 25. All right, finally, last of the iconic categories, camp factor. How campy is the brood? It's pretty campy. I think it's pretty campy. I mean, first pretty of all, it's the Institute campy. of Psychoplasmics. That's what it was, not, pla <laughs> not plastics, plasmics. And also, yeah. like, after the teacher died, 
when Frank just put like a drawing over her face that just said, we plant pumpkin seeds, right? I was like, what? So strange. That was so weird. (laughs) You can't grab someone's coat or something. Mm -hmm. That was the closest thing. Also, that butcher paper is not going to absorb the. That is just going to soak right through with blood in a second. Yeah, you're going to know what's happening. That was like tissue paper. paper. It's not going to make those kids forget anything. Yes. No. I. Oof, it's very campy. I'm going to say, 98. 98. One of the campiest movies you've ever seen. <laughs> because of that end. This is the thing. Is it's like overall, I right. don't think right. it rates very high in any, like as a whole. Right. Truly, if you cut off the last 15 minutes, if you cut off the last 15 minutes, the score would be so much more last, so much lesser. But that end scene makes it a must watch. So great. Absolutely. And thankfully, it's not like a two hour movie where you got to wait, you know, you got to sit through an hour and 40. It's only nine. You only got to sit through 70, 75 minutes of like, what the fuck is happening? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also Um, all of those hypnotherapy sessions are are so fun. Very campy. Uh, Yeah, I'll give it a Give it an 83. 83. Um, I got a quick list of campy things I noticed. Uh, Here we go. Insisting someone look you in the eyes and call you daddy. Attacking a man's masculinity in front of an audience. Greeting your girlfriend's ex-husband while wearing nothing but a robe. The gall of two men discussing what's best for an adult woman. Wearing a fancy magnifying glass as jewelry. A psychic manifestation of a woman's rage making a real mess of a kitchen. Leaving your date because your ex-wife's father called you. Getting beaten to death by a tchotchke. Getting really into the book The Shape of Rage. Not taking (laughs) off your blood-stained coat when you try to reassure your traumatized daughter asking any new man you meet to be your daddy the fact that a new kind of humanoid is discovered should be bigger news i would think Uh, (laughs) and also who is dressing these little ghouls and finally catching up with your ex-wife while she licks her new ghoul baby clean so i do think it's pretty campy is this the campiest thing i've ever seen no i've seen female drama uh but i think (laughs) it is pretty campy it's pretty good i'm gonna give it an 80 for camp giving it an 87 in camp overall making it campier than the silence of the lambs all right i would agree with that yeah i would mm-hmm. agree with that as well all right finally this is the last we are into the crown jewels categories these are the last two so these we all agree on it's not a, it's not a scale it's either yes or no it's very binary and all three of okay. us have to agree together okay all right Alrighty. so this it'll get a 15 percent bonus if the brood has a positive portrayal of homosexuality would we say it does I would no. say absolutely I would not. Know. No. If anything, I mean, the implied gay characters are implied to be a right. problem. Broken. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is further from the, we're the sanest people alive. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Obviously. We make everything better. <laughs> uh, no movie, the last uh, seven movies or eight movies have not scored this that bonus. You'd think <laughs> it would be easy. That's a bad, that's bad. That our culture is bad. Finally, <laughs> negative 50% if this is the movie Boat Trip. This is not the movie Boat Trip, so it will not lose 50% of its points. No. All right. That's There's a it. moment at the end where I thought it might be Boat Trip, but it didn't do it. No, oh, sure. Yeah. You thought it's you like, saw no, we're just in Canada. Jr. Like, what? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that was just a tree. Yep. All right. Well, how do you think you did? That's that's it. That's all the categories. Where do you think we ended up? If you just had to guess. You think you beat Ginger Snaps? Yes. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I've never uh, seen ginger snaps. I don't know why I keep using that as a metric. I've seen like I think every other movie you listed. <laughs> well, it is Canadian. It's a Canadian uh, teenage sense. werewolf movie. Kind of fun. All you right. Would think I would have seen that. I host I a podcast right about why horror. <laughs> All right, finally. So, out of a possible 2,203.38 points, The Brood has scored 1,142.04 points, giving it a percentage of 51.83, making it the 37th gayest movie ever. Not as gay as Sleepaway Camp, but gayer than Berserk, and also not as gay as Ginger Snaps, which has a 64.92. Ginger Snaps has a lot more like sapphic kind of lesbian That's energy. True. Ah, true. Uh, but I think a good uh, a good showing nonetheless. You beat the sapphic. <laughs> <laughs> Just needed to appreciate the use of sapphic. That's one of my favorite words. It's fantastic. Um, but a good showing for the brood nonetheless. Fifty one point percent. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for doing. Yeah, this. thank you for this coming. So thank fun. you so much for having me. Is there anything you'd like to plug, promote, or shill for at this time? Uh, just I'll just get more specific about uh, the things I've worked on. Infinity Train, uh, you can find on HBO Max. It was uh, produced by Cartoon Network Studios. Our, its third season is out. All three seasons are up on the platform. Please give it a watch. Maybe they'll let us make more. And Yay. please listen to my podcast, Teen Creeps, me and my co-host Kelly Nugent talk about YA pulp horror of the 80s and 90s. So that's like R.L. Stein, Christopher that's Pike, great. Lois Duncan, Caroline B. Cooney, more. All the good ones. The Titans. Mm-hmm. Classics. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You're fabulous. And... I'm so glad we got to see this movie. Me too. We'll be right back. back. We're back. I wasn't sure you were going to like The Brood or not. Really? I thought it was great. I loved it. I thought it was you, I get the sense you tend to like things explained and like you like things when things are like clear and like this is why this is happening. I, I this agree movie with doesn't you. really do that. It doesn't, but I didn't feel like what I don't like is when something isn't explained because it seems t- if I feel like the people who wrote it either couldn't figure it out or being lazy, then I don't like it. Uh-huh. This one, I felt like there was a lot of stuff that, yes, I did sort of want to know more about, but I felt like it could have, like there, you could have gone a, a couple different ways with like we said earlier, like I, there was a part of me that was like, I think he must do more than just have these weird therapy sessions with these people. Like I, I, I thought there was something else. And I imagine like if this had been a series, like if this had been, if there had been a couple, uh, you sure. know, which I think it could, like a part of me was surprised that there weren't more um, right. because I think there's, it's set up that you de- it's definitely possible. But, uh, but I did, I don't know. I just really liked it. I just felt like there's a lot of interesting p- potentials with the stuff that you didn't know. And so in that way, it didn't, it And it's also like never bother like, me. It's also never really confusing or, you know what I mean? You're never like, wait, what's happening? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In some ways, um, I saw. I always think about. There's a Roger Ebert quote, not to bring him up again, um, but like it's like movies aren't what they're about, but how they're about it, and that's something I've always. It's always like stuck with me. Okay, like it's not just the plot, but it's also how is it presented? What's like the mood? What's the tone of everything? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I always think about when I watch things. Or also, I don't know, 
I don't care as much about like everything making sense. Okay. You ever see Talking Heads concert films stop making sense? That's right up my alley. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even want to make any sense. No, they stopped. <laughs> They're yelling at us the whole time to stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you like it. I did. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, another thing I love that is great is we have an iTunes review from one of our listeners. Wasn't that nice? Isn't that great? This one comes from Jack451. Uh, and they write, serious nonsense, five stars. I've been looking for a nonsense podcast ever since Professor Blastoff wrapped, and I think I found it in Two Old Queens. The movie selection is phenomenal, and the analysis is absurdly insightful. Uh, this is the perfect upbeat podcast to make you feel less alone in this crazy time. Wow. Thank you, Jack. 451. That's so nice. We yeah. are a bit of a nonsense. We're a nonsense with structure. I like to exactly. think. Structured nonsense. That's what Structured we are. nonsense. Two old mm -hmm. queens, structured nonsense. Uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, Great. I, I can do with that. I'm glad you feel less alone by listening to our uh, stupid conversations. Yeah, that's delightful. Yes, we appreciate that. Also, we also appreciate, please uh, rate, review uh, five stars. It's for the algorithm. It helps people find our podcast. It helps us and all that fun stuff. You can also email us at two old queens, T-W-O old queens at gmail.com if you have any questions or things you want to yell at us for getting wrong or any other movies you want to suggest and you can follow us on twitter and instagram at two old queens two old queens you can follow me on letterbox where i update the current rankings and all the categories and you'll see it it's fun yeah you also if you want to buy some merch we've got a lot of fun merch uh, you can go over to t public and look over uh two old queens also uh, there's a link to our store in our in our episode description and follow this is the last thing i promise Finally. and you can follow our we got a patreon so our yes. patreon uh, is uh, the retirement plan so go to patreon.com slash two old queens five yeah. bucks a month and our last movie for the um five, five cold, cold screams. screams next week we know what it is uh it's going to be joel schumacher's the lost boys yeah have you Get seen that saxophone. one john of course i've seen that one of course i don't of know of course you seen, i don't know i don't know what you i barely see it. all right character assassination happening at the very end of the podcast i haven't seen that um all right well that's you it you haven't we'll see seen lost boys is that what you're saying no i have seen lost of course okay. i've seen lost boys seen right. a billion times. are you yelling at me all righty right. well we'll see thank you, you so time. much for listening we'll see you next time goodbye Now it's time for credits. We got music by Danny Cohen. Artwork by Connie Shin. And special thanks to Alex Archer and Mike Rennie. Bye. Bye. We didn't get that right. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.